So we're going to go on with this story because this is the basis, and it's the basis for what Paul says himself, huh? Because he's he's going on this story. For what does Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him reckoned to him for justice. To the one who works, the recompense is not reckoned as a favor, but as something due. To the one, however, who does not work, but rather puts his faith in the one who justifies the ungodly, his faith is reckoned for justice. Just as David pronounces blessed the man to whom God reckons justice without works. And he quotes the psalm, Blessed those whose iniquities are forgiven, whose sins are covered over. Blessed the man whose sin the Lord does not reckon. Blessed, blessed, blessed. And so the blessedness, you see, uh, so he's blessed. Now, uh, this pronouncement of blessedness, is it upon circumcision or also upon uncircumcision? And now Paul starts to make his argument. For we said faith was reckoned to Abraham for justice. How then was it reckoned, while being in a state of circumcision or uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision, because the circumcision God commands later. And he received the sign of circumcision as a sign of the rest. As a seal of the justice of the faith he had in uncircumcision. This is key for Paul. You don't have to be keeping a law that prescribes circumcision to be justified. Abraham was not a Jew in the technical sense of the term when he believed God and was credited to him as justice. That's And he's the father of the whole race, including us. So, it was he was in uncircumcision and he received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the justice, the righteousness of the faith he had while in uncircumcision. You see? Because it was considered, reckoned to him as a surika, the right way to relate. That's justice. To honor the truth of every relationship. So our, the truth of our relationship to God is that we believe him and rely on him and accept his gifts. Faith. And so, uh, he received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the justice of the faith he had in uncircumcision, that he might be the father of all the believers in a state of uncircumcision, so that justice might be reckoned to them, and he might be the father of those in the state of circumcision. To our, not only of the, of the circumcision, but also follow in the steps of that faith that had an uncircumcision of our father Abraham. In other words, yes, circumcise your sons and, and let them be part of the Jewish people and, and enter in. But remember that Abraham was justified through his faith, not by uh, observance, not even of circumcision. Um, and so is the case of everyone who follows in the footsteps of our father Abraham. Not because of a law was the promise made to Abraham or to his seed to be heir of the world, but rather because of the justice of faith. It was counted to him as surakah, the right way to relate. And what was the right way to relate? Believe. 
Believe. Yield to the word of God. Believe. So, all those who are uncircumcised and believe the preaching of the gospel and are baptized are children of Abraham. That's Paul's argument. And it's a powerful argument. And uh, it's the way that he grounds this material in Romans, you see, as he had already hinted at in Galatians. Um, For the law brings about wrath, whereas where there is no law, there there is no transgression. For this reason, it is of the regime of faith that it might be as favor that we become heirs, as implied in the text, so that the promise might be valid for all the seed, not only that which is of the regime of law, but also that which is of the regime of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, as it is written, I have established you the father of many nations, in the plural. Many nations. You will be the father of them, not just of the Jewish nation. Now you see what Paul is arguing to, and this, he's come to his point finally. Well, it's more than his point now. This is an illustration from the sacred history and from the sacred text. How do you get justified? Now, this is important, and it'd be important there in Rome, where the community is partially uh, Jewish believers and partially uh, Gentile, pagan believers. Now they're together, and the Jews are, some of the Jews are saying, you've got to be circumcised, you've got to keep the dietary laws, you got to... And they're saying, no, no, we don't have to do that. And Paul is writing to try to bring some peace, but to also clarify. And it's quite likely that he's doing a very thorough job because he knows that this letter will be sent back to the Jewish authorities in Jerusalem. The Jews will send it back. This is what Paul is teaching. Uh, Okay. Uh, Before the one in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things which are not as existing, contrary to hope on the basis of hope he believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was said, so shall your seed be. And without weakening in faith, he considered his own body, which was by now dead, he was about a hundred years old, and the dead state of Sarah's womb, he did not doubt in regard to the promise of God because of a lack of belief, but rather he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully assured that he who had promised was able to accomplish. Therefore, it was reckoned to him as righteousness. So if I go to God and I say, God, you know, uh, I believe that you can forgive my sins. Uh, I mean, I'll go to confession, you know, but I know that you can do this. I believe you. And then we believe God. Now, we can articulate the content of that belief, which is the creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I also believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, who is our Lord. You see, born of the Virgin by the Holy Spirit. This is what I believe. I can enunciate it. But belief itself is a yielding, you see. There's this wonderful text where St. Thomas is talking about this. He says there are really two lights in the act of belief, you see. One is the incredible attraction of the truth. That the truth is a pedible. But it's beyond me. I can't reason to it. I can't conclude to it. It's beyond my mind. I have to will to believe. And when I will to believe, 
then all this world opens up to me. Now, willing to believe doesn't mean I grit my teeth and believe. It means I yield because faith is a work of God, not man. You see? What we do is yield to it. We don't create it. And what a gift that the Holy Spirit would work in us and uh, have this happen. And so, you see, it was not written for his sake alone, but also for our sake, to whom it is going to be also reckoned. We who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, that's the, see, the, the core of our faith. Jesus died on the cross, buried, three days later, was raised from the dead. The whole reality of human life is different. We are eternal. We will live forever with our bodies. And this Jesus was handed over for our transgressions and raised for our justification. In other words, our justification shares in his being raised from the dead. He was raised for our justification. His, his whole humanity is an instrument of justification as risen, transformed in heaven. And that's Paul's teaching. Now, uh, I want to go into some of the background on that. Um, I'm a, for instance, I want to look at some of these texts from St. Thomas. This is one, this is commentary on this very text, Romans 4, 5. Thus, this faith of his was credited to him as justice. Not certainly that justice is merited by faith. But listen to this. But rather that believing itself is the first act of justice which God works in him. You got it? Our role is to yield. God's role is to move us to faith. We can't do that. We can't save ourselves. And the text goes on. By the fact that he believes in God, the one who justifies, he submits himself to his justification and thus receives its effect. That's Aquinas, analyzing this text we've just been looking at. The key there is, you see, justice is not merited, but merited by faith. Rather, believing itself is the first act of justice, which God works in him. And by the fact that he believes in God, the one who justifies, he submits himself to his justification and thus receives its effect. God does this. The love of God. We're given all this in germ if we're baptized as an infant. But we have to grow into it. And that's the challenge nowadays, you see. Because we can go on living, you know, uh, hopping on one foot and then on the other. We've never denied the faith. But we've never enlivened it. We've never based our life on it. You see? Uh, to receive the effect of justification means to know the Lord personally and to love Him and to obey Him and to trust Him and to teach the family to do the same. You see? Now, uh, this is Aquinas on another text. Quote, The justice of God is described as being through faith in Jesus Christ, not as though through faith we might merit to be justified, as though faith itself came from us and through it we might merit the justice of God, as the Pelagians say, they were a heretic, heresy in the early church, but rather in that very justification by which we are justified by God, 
The first movement of the mind towards God is through faith. The first movement is already the gift of faith. And he quotes Hebrews, the one coming to God must believe, as it is said in Hebrews 11. Thus faith is, as it were, the first part of justice, which is in us from God. Again he quotes from Ephesians, you are saved by grace through faith. This faith from which there, from which there is justice is not an unformed faith, but rather it is a faith informed by love. Because that first act of faith, you see, has, we will it. I don't mean we grit our teeth and will it. I mean we, we yield to its attractiveness and we will. Now, that grows our whole life long. As John of the Cross says, you see, I mean, this heroic act of faith and trust is, is the culmination of the mystical life. We yield to God's work in us. You see, my friends, how important it is that we become aware of God at work in us? That we pray? That we stay away from sin and distraction? Turn off the television? You know, so that we are aware of God at work in us and we yield in love and trust. Not only to that first act of faith by which God justifies us, you see, as we just read in these texts, huh? the act, first act of justice is something that God works in us. Aquinas just said it. And so, that is what's going on, you see. This uh, act of faith by which we yield to God's justifying act. And that justifying act is in what? It's in Jesus Christ risen from the dead. It's, it terminates in the risen Christ. If we continue to live by faith, develop our faith, deepen our faith, we have the joy even in darkness of knowing that we are united with Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who loves us with a love and an affection that we can hardly even understand. Amen.